0: I'm Joe. And I'm Ryan. And welcome to the Budget Bros Podcast. We've set out to make something different. Our goal is to reinvent the meaning of the word budget and to help you achieve a quality life without feeling like you're really giving anything up.
1: We share our mindset, give you the tips, tricks, and techniques that we use ourselves. We do the legwork and give you the very best of everything we find. Get ready, the podcast starts. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Budget Bros Rose podcast.
0: Ryan, how you doing? Excited to be here. Excited to make it to Episode 7, Joe. This is a special episode. Can you tell our listeners why Episode 7 is so special?
1: <laughs> well, we read an article early on when we first started this podcast, and it said most podcasts don't make it past Episode 7, or even to Episode 7. And so now that we're actually recording Episode 7, it's kind of this warm fuzzy feeling like we're actually accomplished this we've made it up the hill
0: made it up the hill hopefully we don't go falling (laughs) down the hill
1: (laughs) we're not i'm not jack and you're not jill so.
0: so episodes in episode seven we're talking about jobs specifically gig economy jobs Joe, can you tell our listeners who might not know what the gig economy is, can you explain a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, the gig economy really refers to any kind of temporary employment. So whether you're working for you know a month, two months, or even for just the day, or even just for an hour, that would be considered a gig economy job. Now, it's got lots of different names, contractual, seasonal, interim, Uh, Freelance is a popular name for him. Now, you might think of a gig being like for a musician. He goes to a restaurant and plays. He doesn't work for the restaurant. He's getting paid just for that night. So that's the gig economy.
0: When I hear the word gig economy, you know, I think the first thing that pops into my mind is Uber or Lyft. These jobs, you work when you want to work and you get paid by whatever piecework that you do accomplish. And this type of work seems to be the go-to for a lot of people who might be in between jobs. Maybe they're trying to supplement the jobs, the full-time jobs that they do have to make a little bit of extra cash. And we even know some people who've turned gig economy work into their main source of income. Now, Joe, have you ever had a gig economy
1: job? I was a photographer for a while. And, you know, when you do photography, and anyone who's listening will know, your spouse will get very annoyed (laughs) and be like done with you because you want to take pictures of other humans. And that's the closest person available to you. I remember my wife was just like, I'm done. I don't want you to take my picture anymore. (laughs) And, uh, actually did wedding photography, which if you like torture, uh, it's the perfect job for you. Why is that? Because (laughs) it's just, it's actually really taxing on your body and on your mind, and you're dealing with so much at one time. If you think about a wedding, the pressure to take all the right pictures all within a very short amount of time—it's—it's uh, it's very stressful. It doesn't pay as good as people might think, and there's just so much time before, during, and after. And if you miss some of those big shots and things, you know, it can cause a lot of problems. So I did—I think I did three weddings. And one of those weddings was really cool because it was at the zoo. And so now you throw animals in the mix. But uh, Yeah, what
0: could could go wrong?
1: Yeah, exactly. What could go wrong? (laughs) Yeah, just sit on that giraffe. It's going to be great. Uh, What I ended up doing is actually transitioning from that to stock photography. And so I started taking pictures. And these sites let you upload the pictures. They approve the pictures. And then they sell them basically for you. And then you get a very small percentage of what those images sell for. One of the more popular sites that does this is actually Getty Images. You see that all the time. If you look at just about any picture that's on the news, you'll see a little Getty Images uh, image next to it.
0: So when you say small percentage, how much would you actually make, how much did you you actually make off of those photos? (laughs) That's a better question.
1: I made not quite enough to pay off my camera equipment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how much money I made doing that. So it's really, you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it because you're passionate about it. I would not suggest, uh, I would certainly not suggest that if anybody wants to make some real money or make ends meet, quote unquote, uh, there's some, some much better ways of making money out there. But if you're passionate about it and it's something you enjoy and it's something on the side, it can be something that, that, that would be good. Now, now you. Now I told you mine. What What about you? Have you ever done a gig economy type job? Well, when I was
0: living overseas to supplement our income, uh, I was a online English teacher. Now, I don't know who would ever hire me to teach them English, but <laughs> but but you know, some company did. I taught uh, Chinese students how to speak English, and I made about ten to thirteen dollars an hour at the time. I would have to work in these three to four hour blocks teach class after class after class, they would, they would send me, um, these PowerPoint presentations and I try to get the students to speak. And it it was a neat experience. My students ranged from, you know, five years old to, you know, 55 years old. So it it was a wide variety of classes. And Like I said, it wasn't a bad experience at all.
1: So yeah, so the gig economy is actually changing the world quite a bit. It's becoming a major trend that people are having to get used to. In fact, I think just about anything that can move towards that is moving in that direction. So when we were researching the many different gig economy jobs that you can get right now, it's it's actually mind-blowing what types of things people are taking from the workforce and turning it towards the gig economy type professions. I mean, what would you say? Do you think people want more time <laughs> to themselves or do they want to just be able to call their own shots?
0: I think it's appealing that the freedom that you have to work when you want to work, have your schedule wide open. It's 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 kind of nice. So I think that's really appealing to a lot of people, but you do lose out on, you know, the benefits and sometimes the higher wages that a permanent job might supply. In today's episode, we researched four Gig economy jobs that you can get right now. We know that current circumstances might be tough and other gig economy jobs might not be readily available like they used to be, like with driving for Lyft or Uber or things like that. So, we're going to tell you four that you can get today. We also have a guest who's going to tell us about three additional gig economy jobs that he's worked. He's going to explain what he liked, what he didn't like about these jobs to see maybe if it's something that you. As a listener might be interested in doing,
1: yeah. And one of those jobs is something that you may not expect, that can be that you can make up to twenty-five dollars an hour doing.
0: Yeah, I, I was really surprised about that. And finally, if you stick around till the end of today's episode, we're going to give you our money-saving tip of the week. This tip has to do with free delivery from a gig economy company. Well, Let's get right into it. On the subject of the gig economy, Joe, do you want? Would you like to tell our listeners the first? gig economy job that's available right now.
1: Yeah, you know we we did a lot of research on these. We probably looked up like 50 different ways that you can work in the gig economy. And we tried to take the the things that you could use right now. And one of those is Instacart. Now, I used Instacart personally myself to order from Costco, but then I looked into it on the other side. If you were to work for Instacart, what is that like? And we figured out that you can make between $10 and $28 an hour. Obviously, that's a huge range um, and it's going to depend on where you live. If you live in more of a metropolitan type area with lots of people and stores are closer to each other, you're going to make more money because you're paid to get you know, those items from the store to your customer. Another way to make a little bit more money with Instacart is with tips. And some people are very generous with their tips. I watched a number of YouTube videos with people where they were tipped, you know, 10%, 20%, sometimes 100% if it was a small item from a store. But the way that you make the most amount of money with Instacart is by shopping big. So if it works a lot like uh, here, here's a, a job where you can go real close to you and pick up these items at the store, and it's like four hundred dollars worth of stuff. You're gonna make more money with those bigger orders than the smaller ones. And you
0: get to choose those. You get to choose which ones that you, that you accept through Instacart.
1: Yeah. So if, like something comes across, like oh, here somebody needs one tube of toothpaste. You can choose to deny that. But you do put it in the app what times you're available. And then during those times, it will send you messages on what things are available for you to go and pick up. The reason we're, we're, we're talking about it is because you could sign up for this, get involved right now. And it's a really hot thing. You can make good money. Uh, with the tips. I think without the tips, it's going to be, you know, you're looking at those $10 ranges and you're really good with customer service and texting people and letting them know what items are available and what they're not at the store. Uh, you can make a little bit of cash.
0: I had that experience with Instacart. There were some items that, were, that we had chosen that weren't there. So the person kept getting back to us, would you like this or that or this or that? If, if you're good at, at responding to the customers, making sure they're satisfied, I'm sure that will result in better tips.
1: Absolutely. So now, Ryan, tell us, what's the number two thing?
0: Well, with all of the deliveries that are taking place right now, Amazon needs your help to make these possible. (laughs) Amazon is calling on you. You can work as a subcontractor for Amazon Flex. You use your own vehicle to deliver Amazon packages. They say that you can make about $18 to $25 an hour depending on your location and any tips that you receive. Once you qualify to deliver these packages, you have to meet some specific criteria criteria like having a, at least a sedan-sized vehicle and passing a background check. Then you go on their app, you choose a block of time that you're going to make these deliveries, like a three to a six hour window. You show up at their warehouse, they load your car up, and then off you go making those deliveries. After researching this, where people seem to enjoy working for Amazon Flex the most is in less densely populated cities. If you're in LA and you're working for Amazon Flex, you might be sitting in a lot of traffic. Uh, you might feel stressed out. You, you, like you're not going to be able to finish all of these deliveries in the window they've allotted and feeling like you're losing that that money because they pay you per block. So that's how it works out. But if you're in one of these less densely populated areas, people who work for Amazon Flex in these areas really feel like they, uh, they aren't stressed. Sometimes they finish early and they comment and say that they make more money doing this than driving for Uber or Lyft.
1: I really like that because so far we've shown a delivery service where you really are customer centric. You're shopping for people, you're communicating with those individuals, and then when you're working for Amazon Flex, you're more independent. You're not really having to interact too much, especially now. Most people are leaving those packages at the door. Now I want to talk about another gig economy thing. Not everyone is able to get out of the house right now, and so what's something that you can do from inside your house? And you can do that with Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R are now if you have a skill something that you are good at that you can do from home Fiverr is a great place to get your name out there and to start getting some regular work now it doesn't work like a normal job where you say okay well I'm gonna work for five hours and here's your bill for five hours worth of work no you put on their website exactly what you can do per project say you you draw pictures of people they send you a picture and you draw a picture of them well, you say, okay, I can draw a picture of you for $5. It's, it's going to be kind of like a sketch. But, I, but for $10, I can maybe fill in a little bit more details. And then for $30... I can draw this beautiful picture of you with color. So there's all these different options that you can put on and you could do anything from recording to video editing, whatever it is that people need and you can do, you can put that on Fiverr and get paid per job. Now Fiverr will take about 20% of whatever you earn. And it's called Fiverr because the job start is at as little as $5. And so this is a great thing if you have a skill and you want to work from home.
0: Fiverr, it's a lot like Upwork, right? I know maybe some people have heard of Upwork. I uh, have a friend actually in Nepal who's making good money using Upwork just doing some translating skills on there.
1: Upwork has a little bit more of a process. Mm -hmm. It's more of building those relationships with those clients. And you can actually get long-term gigs that you charge hourly for. And Fiverr is something where pretty much anyone can go on, almost like eBay, put up a listing and say, hey, I could do this for this amount of money. But Upwork is good. I would definitely look into that on the long term. So you might want to think about Fiverr as that short term. Okay, I want to make some money right now. This is what I can do. And then upwork is more of the long term gig regular gig work type opportunities, coding and video editing, things like that.
0: There we go. So we snuck in a fifth that's our yeah, fourth tip. <laughs> we didn't even we didn't even plan this. This wasn't in the show notes. All right. Bonus <laughs> So for our fourth slash fifth gig economy job. Uh We're going to tell you about TaskRabbit. See, some years ago, TaskRabbit partnered with IKEA. Joe, have you ever purchased any furniture from IKEA?
1: I have purchased many an item. In fact, the desk right here. Again, I'm going to see if you can hear that knocking here. Yeah. The desk that I'm using is from IKEA, and it's about, uh, I want to say it's like 12 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I think the
0: desk right behind me here is from IKEA as well. So uh, what uh, TaskRabbit is you're able to submit your skills, set an hourly rate with TaskRabbit, and they work as the middleman to try to find you work. Now, what kind of skills can you put on there? Well, assembling IKEA furniture, that's one of the skills that you can (laughs) put on there. I'm looking at popular- uh, If you
1: can use an Allen wrench, you can work for TaskRabbit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some people just don't wanna fuss with it. Uh, Popular projects in my area include mounting a TV or mirror, Moving boxes, cleaning uh, a bathroom or kitchen, um, office delivery, lifting furniture upstairs, planting flowers. Now, they give you a recommended hourly rate to be able to get work. And what happens is over time, they suggest that you start off maybe with a lower rate after you build a good reputation and uh, get a good customer rating, then over time you can raise your rates.
1: I think it's a similar thing with like Fiverr. But what's kind of cool about that is like, say you draw a picture or something, it'll actually let that person review it right away. And then it posts that picture with the review. So you see the work and you see how many stars they gave it and things like that.
0: Yeah, that's the word I was thinking of. It's kind of like a Yelp. Oh, Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> you get per- yeah, you get personally Yelped on, on how, uh, how good your work is. But it, once you build that rating, um, I think that, like anything, uh, whenever I purchase any other item, I, I try to get those with people with, with high, high ratings like on eBay or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, for the time that we're living in right now, they have contactless tasks as well. This includes contactless delivery, uh, pickup of prescriptions, running errands, grocery shopping, disinfecting services, yard work, virtual assistant. There are so many different tasks. So think about what you're good at. Upload your profile to TaskRabbit. And uh, it's, it's a great alternative. You get to choose the hours that you work too, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, you know what I really like about that is that with, with all of these gig economy type things, they are they could be a supplement. They can kind of turn into your main gig for a while. Some people are doing it as a very brief side gig. Oh, I'm just doing this 10 hours a week until such and such happens. And then there's other people who really turn it into a full-time thing. And you know what's great about that? You want to go on a doctor's appointment, you just go. You don't have to ask permission for everything. You can have things be on your schedule instead of your employer's schedule, which I think a lot of people are yearning for mm-hmm. right now during this time. Anything that can, I think, will be will be a gig economy type job here in the future.
0: So these are just a few that we've chosen that you can get right now, there are so many gig economy jobs out there. So we've just mentioned a few gig economy jobs. Uh, In Ryan's review, uh, our blog post this week, we're gonna talk about 10 gig economy jobs that you can get right now. And I think it'll be a good resource for anybody who's looking for work.
1: Speaking of gig economy, we're now gonna interview Doug, who has worked three separate gig economy jobs, and we're gonna get into that interview right now. Well, Doug, we want to welcome you to the budget bros podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having it's me
0: top of the, uh, top of the morning, to you. <laughs> top of the morning
1: to you, top of the morning. <laughs> glad to be here.
0: Lardy, <laughs> lardy, lardy.
1: What, what people may not know is that we can actually see each other right now.
0: I feel left out because you both have sweet backgrounds and I'm sitting here <laughs> with nothing, Doug's on a beach and Joe is sitting in a bowl of lima beans.
1: They're not lima beans. They're soybeans.
0: I know my beans, okay, and those are definitely—they
2: <laughs> do look like lima beans. They but do I think look like, like edamame.
1: Yeah, edamame—that's yeah, that's what it is. Basically. Which yeah. is soy, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, right, we'll and you know up. what, Ryan? You have an old brown couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chair. Look, like, like, it's a chair. Oh, it's a chair. <laughs> I only oh, saw half a couch. of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason—the reason we uh, we have you on today, Doug, is to talk about. Gig, economy, work. You've done some side hustles and some things in the past that were pretty cool. And we just want to sit down and talk to you about those things. Absolutely. I'll do my best. I wanted to start by asking you, tell us maybe a little bit about your background as far as work history and things like that. Like, what do you do for a living? What have you done in the past? That type of thing.
2: My work history has almost all been sales. I spent a number of years in in the car business, doing car sales sales. Um, And then I got into business-to-business sales, working for a collection agency, and then my health went downhill. When that happened, I ended up having to file for disability. So that's been my, kind of my foundation income for the past uh, number of years, for like probably about six years now. I got into part-time work to supplement that income, and that's what led me to the gig economy jobs.
1: Is there a certain amount you're you're not allowed to make and stuff like that with disability?
2: Yes. In fact, um, so you're allowed to make somewhere around the neighborhood of $1,300 when you're on disability and it doesn't affect your benefits.
0: So Doug, can you tell us a couple of uh, the gig economy jobs that you've done.
2: Yeah, so I worked for Postmates, DoorDash, and a company called Veo. Veo, I've heard of. What is Veo?
1: So Veo, the one that you've heard of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I've heard of the it other is.
1: two, but Veo, <laughs> for some reason, I like remember seeing out in like a vehicle or something.
2: Yes, you will see them around town. They are the hottest ticket right now for gig economy. I think, in my opinion. So what they are is basically kind of like Uber in a way, the way that it functions, uh, for the drivers anyway, but for people that need rides for medical reasons. So for doctor's visits, for picking up prescriptions, we have uh, people that need dialysis. That's another really big one, is people that are going to get their dialysis done, and that's again another one where they have to go multiple times a week. Some people have to go every day, um, things like that. How it works for them is they set up the ride through Medicaid And then Medicaid contracts that ride through a private party company called Veo, and Veo uses an app for its drivers. So I use my own car, I use an app on my phone, and then I get that job sent directly to my phone to go pick up that person and give them a ride. You flag online when you want to work, and you flag offline when you don't want to work, which, you know, for me in my situation, that's really good because, you know, I have Certain days where I don't want to work, maybe because of my health and things like that. And um, so it makes it difficult for me to follow a schedule um, for, you know, like a typical employment. So this ability to be able to just work when I want to and when I can and flag offline when I don't want to work is perfect.
0: So even right now, during our current situation, is there still a lot of work available for BayO drivers? There
2: is a ton. The demand is, is just level. It's going to stay there. And the reason that the demand is climbing is because a lot of people are just afraid to drive, you know, with the current situation going on. So you have less people that are willing to drive and the same amount of people that need, you know, transportation. So mm. it's some pretty it, high demand out there.
1: Now, these people are being covered by Medicaid. Is that what you said? That's right. So it actually gets
2: funded through it gets funded through state Medicaid, through um through their insurance. So it's not something they pay out of pocket. It's not something that they, t- you don't receive tips or anything like that, but, but you make plenty. Like, uh, I was averaging about $25 an hour and, you know, I've talked to other people that drive for Uber and Lyft and they don't seem to make that much. Or if they do, it's only on, you know, it's not very consistent and they're receiving tips, you know, with what they do. So I think it's very worth it. Very worth it.
0: Yeah, $25 an hour doesn't sound bad for a gig economy job. I know with Uber and Lyft, you have peak hours at night when people need rides or or if, you live, if you're if you around the airport or, or whatever. But with Veo, uh, what what is the work schedule like? What, what is the peak hours that people need these type of, of rides?
2: A lot of them like to go early in the morning. The clinics open up as early as 4, 4.30 in the morning. Some clinics go all the way till 2 in the afternoon. But the definite highest volume is going to be in the early morning hours, probably between, I would say, 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. is the busiest times for sure. I get up every day at about four thirty, five o'clock. Hmm. Yeah, Not me. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, even if I stay up late for some reason, I still wake up the next day. I can't go back to sleep. I just have to get up.
1: So you're like, what, ready for bed by now? It's what, almost 5 o'clock in the afternoon? dinner you probably already ate dinner (laughs) already ate my dinner (laughs) and do they allow you to accept tips
2: yeah tipping is not really something that is involved with Veo
1: so where someone might drive Uber or Lyft where they get tips and things like that Veo it sounds like you get paid just a little bit more for those rides anyways so it kind of covers what you would get in any tips
2: yes and especially because they give you peak reward bonuses they basically will reward you based on what time you're driving so if you are driving during peak hours they're going to give you extra incentive in the way of a percentage bonus per mile so that tends to be pretty good and that's where you make up you know your your bulk of your money as long as you're driving at the right times and you're available during those times and you get as many trips in as you can you're going to get that bonus peak time reward Another thing that they're doing right now is, and they don't always do this, but they are giving bonuses based on total number of rides that you do in a week. So if you commit to doing 100 rides in a week, they're going to give you an extra $100 or 85 and it goes down, it titrates down, uh, you know, if you do 85 rides, they'll give you 75 bucks and it just kind of goes down from there depending on what you want to try and do for the
1: week. So it sounds like it's flexible you get paid pretty good, at least compared to what I've read about some of these other driving apps, Uber, Lyft, things like that. And it sounds like it's consistent, and there's a a real need there.
2: I've been really happy with them, and I've been
1: driving
0: for Veo for about two and a half years, I would say, right in there. So Doug, you mentioned that you drove for Postmates and DoorDash in the past. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like and and maybe uh, how much you were able to earn with those companies?
2: Both companies, DoorDash and Postmates, work similar, but they are different. So like with DoorDash, you have to schedule yourself for a certain time period to drive, and they only accept so many drivers. Once those time slots are filled, you have to wait. Whereas with Postmates, you can flag online whenever you want. They don't follow a schedule. I would say I averaged about ten dollars an hour something like that Uh, 10 to 15 at the most i would say most orders were averaging at about seven dollars an order and then you would get a tip and you would do about one job per hour
0: and what are the peak hours for those type of jobs i'm sure probably in the evenings right
2: Definitely around uh, meal times. lunch and dinner are are the busiest. Breakfast is definitely a lot slower.
1: That just sounds so weird ordering breakfast through Postmates or something like that. That just seems, yeah. like, seems like such an odd thing, you know, like you can't pour a bowl of cereal. You got to order, a, you know, a, a <laughs> exactly. one of those Starbucks, you know, sandwiches or something like that. That just seems nuts. But I guess you could have your Starbucks delivered, which would be kind of cool, too.
0: I was thinking about bacon and eggs. They have like a shelf life of about one minute. <laughs> as soon as you cook them, so by the time that they deliver it, you know I I don't know if I'd be uh, be ready to eat that. Would you say that you had enough work to like the average person would would they be able to get enough work to pay the bills or would this be something on top of a job that they'd have to do? You are using your own car, you know you're putting
2: miles, you're putting wear and tear on your vehicle, um, so there's that. You're putting your own gas in the car, and um, the other aspect of it is uh you know you're driving and driving takes a lot out of you for me i would only work four to five hours in a day and i would only work four to five days a week but i was able to bring home five six hundred dollars a week i have another income that i have that helps support me so i didn't have to do it full time i didn't have to rely solely on veo but if i had to definitely doable you know like if i had to i could have worked say four or five hours taking a break during the day and then go back to it and do another maybe two or three hours in the evening.
1: Big complaint about people who work some of these gig economy jobs is that they're 1099 versus w 2 You know, Financially for them at the end of the year, what is that going to mean for them as far as taxes go and things like that? It's
2: pretty simple. You take your 1099 that they give you at the end of the year. You also want to make good records of your mileage and things like that and anything that you spend. You just need to keep track of your daily miles and have a total mileage uh, so you, it's, those are the two important
1: things, is making sure that
2: your daily miles are tracked and that you have a total running mileage.
1: Now, before you leave, I wanna ask you something, Doug. If you had one money-saving tip for our listeners, what would it be?
2: Um, I've found a little way to save money on gas that I have liked, which is through Circle K Easy Pay. I don't know if you've heard of that at all. No. But they have, So they have a card that you can get in Circle K um, you have to ask for it. it's an easy pay card, and then you link that card to your bank account. And um, it takes a couple days to set up because what they'll do is they'll send a couple small deposits to your bank, and you got to verify those deposits. Once that's set up, you're gonna save six cents a gallon um, on every purchase. But for the first, I think it is a hundred gallons, you save twenty cents a gallon. So that's a pretty good savings. That's something that I did, especially since I'm driving for a living. Um, and that's been a good little saving tip for me.
1: Nice. Thanks for sharing.
0: So we're just going to cut that end of your interview and we'll <laughs> steal that <clears throat> as Ryan's money saving tip of the week.
2: There you
1: go. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Doug, I want to thank you so much for coming into the budget bros podcast. We really appreciate you, uh, giving us some of these insights into some of these gig economy jobs. We hope that our listeners can benefit. And if any of you out there have questions or comments for us or Doug, or you want to want to talk about this subject, get more information, please email us at budgetbrospodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. Well, that was a really great interview with Doug. I think a lot of people think of Uber and Lyft. I didn't really think of they. I actually saw many of their vans driving around, but I didn't really realize what they did until this. And I think that's probably something you, if you're an early riser, boy, you can make a lot of money with that.
0: Yeah. When he said $25 an hour is an average for a gig economy job. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. And he's just driving. He's just driving. Yeah. So that might be something that you want to take a look at.
1: Yeah. Think about if you, if you started as early as he does five o'clock in the morning, You know, five, six, seven, eight, by nine o'clock you made a hundred bucks and you're probably good for the day. You know, pulling in $500 a week, working four hours a day part-time, that's pretty good for some people.
0: That ain't bad. And even if you want to supplement a couple hours and make a little bit of extra needed cash right now, go for that too.
1: I do want to bring up something real quick. The people who are working in the gig economy generally speaking, are not employees technically of these companies, but they're receiving 1099s. And so it's so important to just keep track of everything you do the money you spend on things like your vehicle maintenance, your tires, your gasoline, and especially your mileage—you know, when you're in that type of field—you want to really get to know your tax accountant as well as possible, or get to know the rules on that in your state and in your area, so that you can maximize the amount of money you make and minimize the amount of tax.
0: Yeah, and I think that Doug mentioned just a little bit about that in his interview. That's that's great. Uh, that's a great tip to to keep in mind there, Joe.
1: So, now I believe Ryan has our money saving tip of the week. Go ahead with it, Ryan. Let's hear it.
0: <laughs> it's hard, it's it's hard to start the buddy saving tip of the week when you're dancing in the background. Dude, <laughs> dancing to fake music that we're going to put in later.
1: <laughs> you know what but, we haven't done is fraction of a price yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there you go. You got it in. You snuck it in. And your wife is going to thank you for that when she finally does listen to this episode. <laughs> Onto the money-saving tip uh, for this week. It has to do with the gig economy. If you're like me, you like to, from time to time, order from restaurants and have it delivered via different uh, Postmates or DoorDash. Well, this deal this week is all about the Dash Pass from DoorDash. Joe, what is the Dash Pass?
1: The Dash Pass is a way of saving money on those regular deliveries that you get from DoorDash. So, the cost of this is $9.99 per month. You can cancel any time, and it gives you zero delivery fees and reduced service fees when you order over $10 worth of food. And so, there are many restaurants that are part of this Dash Pass program. So most of your favorites are going to be involved and you'll save between four to $5 an order. If you're ordering pretty regularly from DoorDash, this can save you some money.
0: Yeah, I agree. And why pay $9.99 a month when you can get it for free? That's what our deal of the week is talking about. If you have a Chase Freedom card or a Chase Sapphire Reserve card, you can link your credit card with DoorDash We're going to have the links in our show notes this week for you. But if you have the Chase Freedom card, you get three months of Dash Pass for free. But this is the better deal. If you have the Chase Sapphire Reserve card, you get two years of Dash Pass for free.
1: Yeah, they also have one for the Chase Sapphire Preferred card where you get it for one year. So lots of different options there, huh?
0: Yeah, so if you already have one of these credit cards, why not take advantage of this? You are literally getting your food delivered for a fraction of the price. I just said that so that we get the bell.
1: <laughs> you got it.
0: <laughs> I got it. Adding Sweet. it in. <laughs> you know, we, we, Joe and I love credit card offers. I think that we're going to do a future episode all about the things that you can get on points. I know that in the past, my wife and I had gotten free a free trip to Hawaii all on credit card points, and I know that you talked about a whole trip to Italy, I think, or was it Europe? What was it, Joe?
1: Yeah, we went to Italy. All of our airfare and hotels and everything was through the points that we received through credit cards.
0: So I think we'll share how to do that on a future episode. If you wanna hear that episode or or any other ideas for episodes, please feel free to email us at budgetbrospodcast at gmail.com.
1: Well, that wraps up episode seven of the Budget Bros Podcast. We want to thank everybody for listening this week. We also want to thank our guest, Doug, for sharing the gig economy work he's done throughout the years. We'd also like to invite you to our website, budgetbrospodcast.com. where at the top of the page. You can see all of the social media platforms that we're a part of. You can also see previous episodes as well as the money-saving tips of the week. You can also give us a rating on this podcast. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in seven days. Take care. I had to take it from you.
0: I had to take it from you.
1: (laughs) I love it.